After the Fact Podcast with your hosts, Luke Matthews. Man, I, if I were playing it on an original NES, I probably would not have an original NES anymore. Christina Peck. It was like going to see an old friend, a really frustrating friend, <laughs> who I wanted to hit in the face several times. Patrick Manning. If you had the freaking mothership with the... Which the, I did. Yeah, and the 32X on yeah. the top. And then if you plugged in Sonic and Knuckles and then another cartridge on top of that, <laughs> your carpet would have melted. And Mike DiPatrillo. Get shitty with your friends and flex. Welcome to episode two of the After the Fact podcast. I'm Luke Matthews, and I'm, as usual, here with my hosts, Patrick Manning. Hello. Mike DiPatrillo. Yo. And Christina Peck. Hi. Uh, Normally, I ask you guys how you're doing, uh, but every time I've done that so far, it's ended in awkwardness. So I'm just, I know Mike's hungover. Hungover bot is hungover. It was Mike's birthday yesterday. Let's wish him a happy birthday. Happy birthday, Mike. Way to be older. Old. How old are you? How old am I? Oh, God. 67. Yes, I'm 400 years old, actually. Congratulations oh. for, like, not dying for a year. Yeah. Yeah. And not last night, either. Clearly. <laughs> uh, you might be wishing you did right now, but uh, is, is, is breakfast and coffee doing enough to deal with your hangover? Yes, I'm ready for the podcasting. Yes. Uh, I know that last time... Um, Bioshock hadn't come out yet, but I know Christina wanted to talk about it this time. You've you've played it and already finished it since the last podcast, haven't you? Yes, indeed. And it was actually better than I had thought it was. Uh, it was going to be because I had high hopes, but I didn't actually think it was going to live up to those high hopes. Mm-hmm. But it's really, really good. Um, if you liked the first one, I highly recommend giving Bioshock 2 a try. And if you didn't like the first one, like I know you guys didn't really... You should still give it a try. Because the creator of the first one, what was his name? Ken Levine, is that his yes. name? Yes. He's not involved in the second one at all, right? Nope. But uh, they did a really good job. They, yeah. You play as a big daddy going through, and so you actually can adopt little sisters and uh, take them around. And you can actually take them to when they go and gather Adam from the uh, dead bodies oh, around. Uh, you mean the people they kill? Well, no, they're, not, they're already <laughs> dead, and they call them angels, so uh. that it's really nice. But you know, so, and the, the end result is that they're sticking a giant needle into some dead guy's heart and pulling out red stuff. So, I mean, it's still not a pleasing image, but... <laughs> So, it's creepy. So you can uh, protect them as they do their gathering, and uh, you have traps that you can set this time. And usually I'm not nearly sneaky enough to ever use traps, but I would manage to do it in this game. So then, are there no normal people in this game at all? Is it all just, uh, like, fucked up crazies and, and big daddies and little sisters? No? no, I mean, it's just like the first one. There's the crazy, the splicers that run around and just scream random scary right. things at you and jump out of, like, ceilings and behind pillars. And then there are there are a couple normal people as well. Yeah, okay. But highly recommended. Yeah. Even nice. for someone who didn't play the first one. I recommend I mean Will you understand one, it? You will. You will. Okay. They only make a couple uh references to the first one. So if you play the first one you feel like you get more out of it. Mm. But and it has I mean, not to give anything away, but there's like a scene at the end of the game that is just absolutely fantastic. Okay. Okay. Pat you had a game that you wanted to talk about, right? Yeah. Uh, so, a game that's probably not getting very much press, but it, it came out on uh, WiiWare. It's called Tamina Saner. It's a uh, single button game. In fact, one of the <laughs> screens. One yeah. button YY action. Right. <laughs> it, it, as it, exp- it's, it, it explains while you're, uh, you start the game. Basically, you're just this guy in a suit uh, running for great justice. Running for great justice. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. It's basically uh, a rhythm game. 
and uh, what you do is you, you're just running and then there's all kinds of random crap that's in your way and you have a time limit so if you mess up you lose time if you do really well you gain time um, but the real fun of the game is that it's just really wacky and bizarre like you'll you'll start running and you'll see like a basketball hoop and if you time it just right you'll actually just do a slam dunk and go faster or you'll see like a tree and you'll like swing around the tree and kick everybody out of your way sometimes you'll see like a giraffe and this is i the first time i saw this i literally almost fell out of my chair laughing because i missed the timing to get past this dude in a giraffe suit and he uh you run past him and then he farts on you and starts laughing (laughs) (laughs) i was just like this is great i I mean, man. and literally, it's just running left to right, hitting the A button. Right, right? you yes. you, like that's all you do. You can jump. You can uh, sometimes press the uh, press the button at the right time. And you'll get like some sort of special like um, dance number that will like all these different characters will come out, and you'll do this like thing, and then they'll all like either explode or disappear or something <laughs> like that, and you just keep running. It's really fun. The game you can finish the game in like ten minutes, and then you finish the level, and it's like it's oh like yeah, the, and then the dance dance off yeah and then he starts break dancing it's called party time and then you, <laughs> you just basically yeah get the you, end of the level bonus yeah like you just run run past the thing and just like oh and like you actually finish the level and then you can get more bonus points by uh break dancing and, and stuff like that and that's spectacular miss. yeah i mean i saw it for when you were playing it upstairs and i just uh, every time i see that game it makes me laugh and i, I may just have to spend five bucks and and download it yeah it's well it worth it yeah, yeah it's worth five bucks absolutely it has a surprising amount of replay as well because there are certain areas there are secret areas and there's coins in the level and stuff like that and you know randomly you'll get hit by a bus and then you'll go to heaven and in heaven there's like (laughs) coins and time bonus and stuff you're like oh i just got a bonus for getting clocked by that bus yeah and you're just like prancing around like like in these clouds and collecting all this random nonsense and you go to heaven it's awesome (laughs) well and like of course um, you go to heaven when you get hit by a bus a lot of the replay value you get i mean it's a speed run right like you can you can get better scores you can get better yeah you hit the obstacles at different at a better time each time and you can get you know excellent and whatever yeah but it sounds a lot like metro cross actually from what you were describing last week <laughs> doesn't have his awesome bo- uh, a box, a box cover. art clearly enough you still need to post up i, the website I went and yeah. looked at that box cover and it's it's on par with mega man oh i think as a cover better what is it's, this oh it's worse it's a, it's the it's metro cross it's it's a, it was an atari st game and it, it's, it's got the worst far box more art. awesome actually <laughs> yeah it's better than mega man are you kidding me yeah i'll 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 prod Christina to post it to the website so you can see it too because it's it's pretty spectacular. Yeah, because Mega Man had the cover with the guy who looks really constipated with a pistol in his hand. Oh. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's like yeah. some thirty-five-year-old. Yeah, 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 yeah. It's like really overdone sci-fi art. Yeah, for the eighties sci-fi dungeon art. Yeah, which is hilarious because in every other game, Mega Man is like ten. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's like, you know. and he actually like it, the art relates to Mega Man, right? He's ten, and he's got the the you know plasma gun arm yeah. instead of this dude just holding some random and a robot dog and a robot dog and a robo dog. It's <laughs> awesome. So. I wanted to talk to you guys a little bit this this time about uh, about arcades of our youth. Like um, Christina had mentioned in the last podcast, she was like, "Let's let's all shed a tear for the death of the arcade." Um, Still and crying. I, and I know that 
everybody has their experiences with arcades from when they were a kid that um, got us into video games to at least some degree, or at least kept us into video games when we couldn't, you know, when we didn't have home systems. And I wanted to find out from you guys, what what are your experiences with arcades? Did you have a favorite arcade? Were you, you know, was it actually an arcade? Or like, for me, it was always pizza parlors. Like, what kind of stuff were you into as a kid? Um, Um... I don't care who goes first. Just yeah, go ahead. <laughs> For me, I actually never really went to arcades when I was a kid because I lived out in the middle of nowhere, and there was no such things as arcades, and there was barely electricity, it felt like. But uh, <laughs> So I remember going to the mall, and like every mall in the early 90s, there was the tilt because mm-hmm. every mall had a tilt, and it was always full of crappy games. Not, not up here. Oh, no. really? No, that must be a southern thing. Okay, well, yeah. anyway, there's tilts everywhere. But uh, that and uh, probably Chuck E. Cheese. Chuck E. Cheese was yeah. also a way to go, um, or Showbiz Pizza. Yeah, I remember, yeah. I remember playing the uh, the original Star Wars vector game in a Chuck E. Cheese. That was awesome. Yes, yeah, that was where I first found out about the joy of the Simpsons arcade game, oh, which yeah. is like my arcade game that I really, really want for my collection. But the uh, four player, yeah, oh, oh yeah, so good. But I mean, just those two were actually my main memories, and probably Chuck E. Cheese more than the Tilt. But I don't really think of Chuck E. Cheese as an arcade so yeah. much. It's like a ball pit with a pizza parlor attached to it. Like. Yeah, but there's so many awesome games that were in there. And now yeah. they all stink. Now yeah. it's all ticket games. You mm-hmm. can't go into a Chuck E. Cheese now without having like a skee ball, a basketball hoop, and like 18 billion ticket games. That's one of the things that surprised me. Um, I don't know if you guys have been there since, but in downtown Bellevue, they added a, like a quote-unquote arcade to uh, the Lucky Strike bowling alley. Really? Oh. Yeah, and it's not really that great. The, the, the few actual video games that they do have are um, like off-brand weird like skeet shooting and crazy stuff. I know they do they do have a Target Toss Pro Bags machine there though which what? is absolutely There's worthwhile. Oh yeah. <laughs> it's made by the same people that make uh, Golden Tea. So oh, it's okay. in a Golden Tea machine with the, the little rollerball thing and you throw you know you cornhole all day. <laughs> throw, uh, <laughs> throw bags in cornhole. Nice. Um, but the rest of the place is exactly that. It's skee-ball machines, ticket uh, ticket type machines, the stupid little things where you drop a coin in and it pushes all the other coins mm-hmm. and never, ever, ever, ever works. No way. Um, I always I was the king of those things. <laughs> I always knew exactly where to put it, and I'd get like five coins in return and eh. start spitting out tickets. I've never actually gotten one of those things to succeed. I've, I maybe get one coin out of it. Yeah. So Well, now, I, I mean, know. every arcade, all it is is uh, DDR machines as well. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I forgot. They have those there, too. Oh, yeah. You can't go and anywhere. And a couple of driving games. Like, you usually see a Daytona USA uh in them now but just never anything you know never anything good like i expected to walk in there and at least see like a tekken 6 or something and nothing no fighting games no you know it's just it's pretty sad yeah um did you guys ever notice that i don't know if it was the same way up here but every movie theater always had a police trainer yeah yeah is that same up here or area 51 area 51 yeah Yeah. but to me police trainer was like always beforehand and uh i i have like Police trainer is completely connected to movie theaters and movies in my brain. Yeah, yeah. I I had the same thing with most of the places that I went. But what about you guys? Did you guys ever have like Mike or Pat? Did you ever have arcades when you were a kid? Yeah. Uh, uh, when I I grew up in Marysville, which is like North Washington, and uh, it had uh, we had a cyber station, um, which was uh, run by Namco, and so it had uh, weird stuff like. Uh, God, there was this weird game where it was kind of like a speeder bike game and you were like this sort of UFO looking racer thing 
it was like one of the first 3D games and you'd basically like go upside down and then eventually you'd get laser beams. I can't remember hmm. the name of it. It was really fun. Um, I have no idea. What you're yeah, and you could like buy your way into like further levels or something like that. Um, I don't, um, I'd play that all the time. Uh, there was we had the Simpsons arcade game with with the four players, and then right next to that yep. was the Turtles in Time, and then there was Mortal Kombat one and two. And I remember seeing Mortal Kombat two for the first time, and it like freaking blew my mind. I was like, mm-hmm. they made a second one. Oh my god! Yeah. It's like. <laughs> was watching people like figure it out and do fatalities like so brutal and i was like 12 so <laughs> um and i don't then, think anyone ever expected a sequel to that game the first one was kind of terrible honestly but, but it blew people's minds because it was so violent yeah for the time you know yeah um and it was real people like Ish. in in a game right yeah. but i mean <laughs> that was like oh my god it's the future we can actually put real people in the video games in some way and and i was like oh man all, all games are gonna have like live actors and like movies and games are gonna be the same thing well obviously didn't happen thank god yes <laughs> sir yet uh, well, i mean you saw the sega cd so you know yeah, it did yeah. happen Shark. with bad results yeah 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 and uh uh but anyway yeah we uh yeah we'd have uh oh they'd have like street fighter 2 and then remember they'd have like some off the wall games like they had like a strider arcade they mm-hmm. had uh, uh captain commando i played all the way through captain commando which was just a lot of fun um yeah um and then we also had another one that was like further south, which was in Everett, and then that had the the big tube t- uh, tube screen TV, and they would always have like the fighting game of the month, which was like yeah. either it was either you know uh, Street Fighter, Super Street Fighter Two, or um, like Marvel versus Capcom or something like that. They'd always have those, and I'd always get my ass kicked because there was always that one guy that was like sitting. Uh, sitting there all day just schooling yep, everyone. Yep. It and was there was so a line of people on the other side of the arcade right. just waiting to play him. Right, yeah. and, and you'd put your quarter down and you'd wait your turn and then you'd get to play for about 30 seconds and you're like, why did I even yeah. wait? Um, but yeah, that that place had like, you know, Bucky O'Hare, uh, the Battletoads <laughs> game, which was is like, I only saw like maybe two machines of that ever and it was really, really fun. They had uh, uh, the Punisher game. Do you remember that? It was, I do not. It was made by Capcom, so it yeah, it was it was a lot of fun. it was just like a brawler, and you played wow. as as the Punisher and Nick Fury, and you'd go around kicking the crap out of stuff. You're basically hunting down Kingpin. That's and, pretty sweet. Yeah, it's really really cool. Um, but yeah, I I would always uh, yeah I would like in the summer I'd always try to bum as much money as I could and then take the bus over there. And, and I suppose neither of those places is still around. Oh, absolutely not. Yeah, because yeah, both those malls got either turned into strip malls or was completely remodeled and in its place is like a a, a Borders or a, uh, or a right or a, you know, Lane Bryant or something like that. So, <laughs> absolutely not the same same uh, audience. So, Megatron? Uh, I have kind of similar experiences. Uh, I spent a lot of time eating pizza associated with video games that's um, that's mine too all the local places had good machines it seemed like uh street fighter 2 i played a lot um uh, let's see raiden 2 that you said last raiden week. 2 was yeah. one of the games that i really love and i still love and i think it's a great game metal slug um there was always the great neo geo cases samurai showdown with metal slug and uh, you know just four awesome games together yeah, King of Fighters. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. Together with that too. Um, funny thing is, uh, usually uh, ferries. So going on the ferry to to some island in the Puget Sound, there was always good arcade machines hmm. on the ferry. I recall. 
I, I remember playing a lot of SNK games. My brain went into a totally different direction because we've been playing Zelda for two weeks, and you said fairies, and I'm like, what the hell fairies, is he? Where is yeah. he going with this? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, not not fairies. Um, the boats. The yeah. boat, yes, big boat. Uh, and then later on, when I, I encountered Mortal Kombat 1, at, uh, there was a local arcade called Zones, and it was pretty big. Um, it's not around anymore, of course, since the concept of the arcade, especially the 80s version of an arcade, it's is is gone. dead. Is dead. Um, but I remember seeing Mortal Kombat 1 with a bunch of friends, and we were like in, I don't know, the fourth grade or something like that. And the, the, the thing that we saw was Scorpion breathing fire onto someone else and then the skeleton crumbling there. And we were like, awesome! That's the coolest thing I've ever seen! Like, oh my god! Let's, let's play that game a million times over and over again. And so I became this kind of arcade rat who would yeah. scrounge money and, you know, try to get as much playtime as I possibly could with the arcades. I remember playing a lot of fighting games. Yeah. Um, Killer Instinct, mm. uh, Mortal Kombat 2 I when it came out. that game. Killer Instinct I was, hated Killer was Instinct. hilarious. The moment that I saw, like, one dinosaur peeing on another character, I was just like, oh. even when I was a kid, I was like, that's just stupid. What? Killer Instinct. I think you're thinking of what's I'm the thinking other? Primal Rage. Primal Rage. I'm getting the two mixed Primal up. Rage was well, awesome. Okay, Killer as well. Instinct was was the one I hated because of the combo system, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Primal Rage was the one where I, that I just couldn't even play. The Primal Rage was even cooler. I mean, exactly. <laughs> no you watch a giant gorilla pee on a Tyrannosaurus. Uh, yeah, well, there's that's the pinnacle of modern had, like, evolution. You know, it had like that weird like brain heart system where like if you even if you didn't get the guy's life all the way down, if you made their brain explode, they'd die anyway. Yeah. So wow. if you had a big enough combo, yeah. it was oh, so retarded. And then you could like eat villagers for more life and stuff. Yeah. I could never you figure out how to do that. It. Yeah, they'd be sitting there rooting for you, and you're like, eat your followers. Oh, I want to eat this guy. Oh, I can't. Ha- oh, I can't. I'm not blocking anymore. Oh crap. It's like a mix uh, of uh, what was the. Uh, Game where you run around and punching rampage. Rampage. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, we had rampage, that at the. You can eat people. We had that at the uh, skate uh, skate deck that I always go to. You know, good I'd stuff. I'd always like, spend like anytime we do a, like little skating thing when I was a kid. I'd always end up spending more time like in the arcade row. Yeah. Anywhere else? Yeah. Playing. Rampage was one of the ones that I had yeah. around when I was a kid, especially in the in the pizza parlors, because it's the same thing that you were talking about, right? Like most of my early arcade experiences from pizza places. Yeah. I lived in Southern Oregon for Southern and Western Oregon for most of my life, and there there was a chain of pizza parlors called, called Abbey's that are there. They were or everywhere in Oregon for a while, but now there's only a few left. Um, and they were always the the big family-style pizza joints where, you know, you could watch the guys making the dough and everything, and then there was always, like, um, an area that was cordoned off for kids and, and arcade machines and stuff, and, and, like, Rampage and stuff was always my big thing when I was a kid. Um, and then I, you know, I, my progression kind of went... Um, I moved to Bend, Oregon, in Central Oregon, and there was a an arcade there that I spent way way too much time playing um virtual fighter 2 was hell yes that was the first you know that i never saw virtual fighter 1 at all um Mm -hmm. and then i was in that arcade and i saw virtual fighter 2 and was blown away i was like this is the most it's 3d it's like fighting but it's in 3d (laughs) holy shit and it ran at 60 frames per second so all of the 3d games before then just looked like crap comparatively comparatively and yeah it it ran great it was it 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 was comparatively slow to mm-hmm. the the 2D fighters but it was fun like it was like it was all timing based and like yeah. co- counter based and that's kind of stuff just you never just jump 20 feet in the air yeah 
Yeah, and then yeah, um, ring outs. You're like, what? Ring outs? ring outs? Holy, what the, I, what's I just need to push on? this guy over. I don't even need to be good at this game. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> keep rushing him Smash with punch buttons yeah. and push him over. Yeah. And then there was a, at the same town, there was, uh, eventually there was a, a laser tag arena called Laserport that opened up. That, um, that was where the, my, my, the two games that, that just, I spent way too much time on Mortal Kombat 2. Like well, and three. They eventually got one of the giant th- Mortal Kombat three machines that had like the the forty inch screen and the you know all the the awesome like panel in front of it and everything. Mm-hmm. And then uh, Cyber Sled, which it was a tank combat game that was really awesome in the arcade. It was really well done. And then they tried to translate it to the PS one like very shortly after the PS one came out. And they tried to because the original arcade version had tank controls. It had two sticks, and it was you know push both of them forward to go forward, one forward, one back to turn, all that kind of stuff. And then they tried to emulate that on the PS one by before the Dual Shock came out by having your movement controls be on the the D pad on the left and the buttons on the right, the face buttons on the right. So you know pushing trying angle and forward would go for oh and it was terrible yeah. it ran at like you know 18 frames a second the it was loading just, times for like three minutes oh god it was yeah. fucking awful and as far as i'm aware none none of those arcades are still around um none of the arcades that i remember even even like the closest thing that i have seen around here to the the kind of arcades to my youth is that near here um well, not really near here, but uh, over in Bridal Trails, there's a place called Bridal Trails New York Pizza. Oh yeah, that yeah. is an old school pizza joint. That is the kind of pizza joint that I remember from when I was a kid. Right, you go in there and there's a little room off to the side that has a whole bunch of arcade games, and then there's the you know the family style pizza place. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, like you said, let's shed a tear because it's uh, they're gone. And, and then there's there's GameWorks, but there's hardly anything. They took most of the good classic games out. Like, I know. They used to, when they first opened, they were pretty cool because they had this humongous row of old school, like really old school. Everything from Asteroids, Pac-Man, yeah. you know, all of the those kinds of games up to the, the mid-late 80s games um, that were actually a quarter apiece. Mm-hmm. Um, you still had to buy the stupid card, but... Um, but now it's all just like well they they kind of cornered it off and just sort of spread it out cuz now it's turned into more of a like a bar/nightclub than an actual arcade yeah. it's just like a nightclub that ha- happens to ha- be lined with crappy arcade games i mean granted they got they got some of the newer good ones like from japan like they got uh, the afterburner climax in there they've got uh, like street fighter 4 and like blaze blue over in the corner and then they have like, do they ever have King of Fighters twelve? Yeah, they do. Oh, they nobody do. plays it. <laughs> that doesn't make any sense. Like fighting game fans hate that game, but I don't know. I don't I, know. Why. Good because I love that game. Yeah, I'm I not a fighting game fan, and I, I well, actually, I am. I'm not a fighting game enthusiast, yeah. right? Uh, and I love that game. Yeah, I'm uh, just sad. Sorry, yeah. I'm just sad that we went through this entire uh, talk about arcade games, and no one mentioned Sega's huge games like Top Skater. Oh yeah, yeah. Or. Uh, Wave Runner or Alpine Skier. That's or because I've never heard of any. I've heard of Wave Runner. I've never heard of Top Skater or. You haven't played Alpine. Top what? Skater? No. I, I hadn't Skater. played Top Skater, but the other two I know. It had like a soundtrack by Pennywise. And really? I, I thought that was the coolest thing when I was like 12, like 14 or something. Like that. When I first saw it, I was like, oh my God, Pennywise is you know, like doing the soundtrack to a skateboarding game? Holy cow. And like, I just, man. Wow. It's, it's set up sort of like a, like a rail. Kind of, it's like on rails. Basically. Okay. You're just going on down this giant course, and then there's like this skateboard controller at the bottom that you actually stand on. And you have like these two, yeah. That's I, I'm not sure if that's after my time or if it's just if Maybe. I just missed it because like the only arcade games that I ever played that had 
like the kick-ass, you know, like ones that you sit down in or had st- stood on weird were like the Star Wars vector arcade game. Yeah. You know, you sit down in that and play it. Or um, uh, like Hang On and uh, yeah. fucking Space Harrier. Space Harrier with the one where you sit down in it and it tilts back and forth. It's terrible, right? It was it was like pointless. But um, I never I never had any of the other ones like... These are these are a little have. later. This is probably early '90s or so. Mm. Um, but you you know there was the uh, the top skater. There was one that was uh, we're on a jet ski. One where you were uh, downhill skiing. There was one made by Namco, which I've only ever seen in a single arcade, and I loved it. It was a uh, whitewater rafting, hmm. and you actually sit in you sit in a seat and you have a paddle in front of you. And so you're actually paddling, and you would get caught in whirlpools, and I think there were dinosaurs. I mean, it was it was clearly not That's trying to be awesome. realistic, but just so you know, Microtron nodding your affirmation doesn't really work on radio. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I was just to say, Microtron is nodding as he agrees. <laughs> I agree. Well, I was going to add some other games to that list. Uh, I didn't mention the uh, X Men game. The yeah. the four player one, yeah, or the yeah. six player. Uh, yeah. Oh, it had it was a double case basically. Yeah. The four player, huge. I remember, um, it was it was just like a brawler, right? Yeah, like the, the six yeah. the six player one is the one that I played a lot, and yeah. then Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, of yeah. course, the the arcade team. that was basically so, the exact same game as the Simpsons game, just reskinned. Yes, effectively. yes, still which really is fine good. because yeah. they're both really good. Yeah, yeah, they're both really good, and um, a nod to older games that in, had weird cases or you know you, uh, was the Tron game, the mm-hmm. vector based yeah. Tron yeah. game where you actually were in the booth yeah that was cool because you were kind of like encapsulated you had to it it made the vector part better yeah i think that was pretty cool i my tron experience my favorite game was uh discs of tron like that was i played that crap out of that game in the arcades like i love that game so so cool yeah it really, really was it's still cool. It had no reason to be that cool either. You no, look back I, at it and you're just kind of like, eh. but yeah. the, and like you play it again. The, I played it. They have it on live, live arcade, yep. and it's meh. It's not quite as cool without the joystick and the rollerball, um, which made it shockingly enough made it actually more playable and, and worthwhile. Um, so that's it's a, all about the case. That's one know. of the arcade cabinets that I wouldn't mind owning, like the Discs of Tron one. That was pretty cool. God, I miss arcades like and unfortunately i'm a huge gamer so i've got like you know i've got home systems all over the place and the home systems are what killed the arcades so yep. it's it's really this weird conflict right like i love my home system but i really would love to have that feel of a like an old school arcade go play some fucking 1943 or yeah. part of it's just that they're too expensive yeah, yeah. the uh, also i think the the real mark of the death of arcades was when uh tekken was released on arcades and then like a couple of months later it was released on PlayStation and it looked better. Yeah. And was actually better than the arcade version and everybody was like, "Oh my god, uh you know, you can get an arcade quality game for real without getting like a Neo Geo or something like that." Um and it's actually better. And so I think at that point was when you really started seeing the downfall because, you know, people didn't need to um go to arcades anymore because they had a PlayStation. Yeah, and you get really high quality 3D games at home. So, but there's something about the social aspect of an arcade because you yeah. can look and you're surrounded by people who are like you, who are there for pretty much the same reasons as you. Sometimes and that's a bad thing. Well, no, I was going to say actually, I prefer playing in an arcade setting than playing on like line on like live or PSN or something like that, because when people are playing in their home, they're much bigger jerks. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When you have the internet 
anonymity and a forum for it, you get general chuckle fuckery. And you, <laughs> yeah. you still have that in arcades, but it was to a lesser degree. Yeah. Yeah, it was a much lesser degree. But and it was also fun because you had you had more interaction with games like Gauntlet, right? Gauntlet 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 Two and the and the Simpsons game and stuff. You had you know there was more chance of meeting random people that wouldn't be a dick to you um, because you were all playing the same game and occasionally you'd get some douchebag that was like, don't shoot the meat, you know, and just yell at you for that. But and then uh, you shoot the meat just to piss them off. <laughs> yeah, like, really. Because I'm the elf and I can shoot the meat. Ah, yeah. But, um, but yeah, the, an- the internet an- anonymity just turns everybody into a douchebag. And um, there was, there was, there is one arcade that I've been to recently that's like, a, a fairly old school style arcade and that was the one that um, uh, Pat and I went down to Portland middle oh. of the Sounders season for a, for a Sounders game against the Timbers and uh, there in the Lloyd Center Mall there's an arcade there that's actually really pretty cool. Unfortunately it failed for us because one of the whole reasons we went there was because we thought they had an arcade cabinet of uh, King of Fighters 12. And they did but for some reason they had it yeah. for a month and we're like oh yeah so uh, we should just sent this back Nobody was, was playing it. Nobody was playing it. And which sucks because that arcade used to be awesome. They had like a five cent row of like older games of like the original Aliens arcade oh, machine. Nice. They had a uh, magic sword for a, a nickel. They had um, just a bunch of older games that they didn't want to send back, but um, just kept around and could still make money on it, just not as much. And so, you know, you could actually play through an entire game, you know, on five bucks. Yeah, which was was cool, and they all, that was also the the first arcade where I saw the uh, Aliens vs Predator, uh, Capcom fighter game. That, oh, it was so good, yeah. but um, yeah, when we went went up there. It was kind of sad. It was like was, the best thing that they had was Tekken Six. Well, it was funny and, because they were like they, they didn't have the King of Fighters twelve machine, and we were like, why did you get rid of it? Like, well, no one was playing it as we're standing in an empty arcade. Right, like there was nobody there. Nobody was playing anything in yeah. this arcade. <laughs> but they still had Tekken Six. They didn't have Street Fighter Four. They had some of the. I mean, they had some of the other cool ones. They still had a Marvel vs. Capcom Two machine in there, mm-hmm. and a few other cool ones. And the general arc feel of the arcade is actually really cool and pretty. You know, like an old school arcade. I went to a similar one that was down in um, uh, the Metreon in San Francisco. That's actually it's it's meh. It's okay. It's not great, but um, I've been to that one. Yeah, I just. Uh, I miss I miss me my Abby's pizza and you know going and playing some Rampage and some Pac Man and shit like just has anybody here beat Rampage as a, no. as a side never it's it's the worst ending ever it's one of the the endings where it's like congratulations congratulations nope. I'm yeah. giving you the middle finger <laughs> good job yeah and then it's done hmm. it doesn't loop or anything. I think it just ends. You're like, yep, you punched a bunch of buildings and ate some guys, and you're done. Thanks for your money. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Middle finger. That's the way Midway rolls. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember seeing an interview with one of the guys that, uh, like, one of the producers of all those arcade games, and he's like, yeah, we wanted to keep the gameplay down to about 90 seconds. So when you put a quarter in, you get a good 90 seconds of gameplay. After that, the game starts (laughs) just... destroying you oh thanks yeah yeah awesome appreciate it well that explains gauntlet and robotron because that's a minute and a half is worth a quarter jesus yeah i i guess it depends on the type of service yeah yeah <laughs> let's all shed a single <laughs> tear for the arcade death yeah. wah, wah. 
Well, let's get off this depressing subjects um, and move on to aggravating and frustrating ones. Um, God. So last podcast, we decided that we wanted to play a less frustrating game than we had played so far. So we picked A Link to the Past. Um, this was that, not my call. How's that working by the out way? for everybody? Well, it's working out just fine for me. Why? Why? Why is it working out for you? Why is it working? Yeah, I, I, I'm surprised actually um, that it was so frustrating for other people. For me, it's been. Christy looks like she's about to tear her own face. She's off. about to take a bite <laughs> of the microphone right now. Uh, <laughs> so much anger. I, I, I was unaware that this game was so frustrating to me. I played it so many times that it's completely burnt into memory. Memory. How long did it take you to beat it? Uh, like three sittings. Three sit like three how, sittings. So like what? Three like sittings of like hours? two hours. Are you maybe serious? Almost, yeah. What? Wow. The first time? Not the first time. Oh, okay. The was, first time I have no recollection of how long it took. It did take. It was quite an ordeal, but I don't ever recall yeah. it being completely frustrating. Hmm. I got stuck on the the ice dungeon. As hey, a kid. Yeah. And, you know, hey, everyone's <laughs> like, hey, that yeah, yeah. That, yeah, that dungeon is, is convoluted and difficult. And um, the next dungeon after that is getting to the the boss in that one is 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 very cool. But also it's very cool once you get to it and you're like, oh, that's that's wicked awesome. I'm not going to spoil it. Yeah, um, why not? Because I don't think any of us have gotten there. Oh, yeah. Well, it's yeah. the dungeon. um Oh, it's actually. You have I to go through like a swamp or something like that. Um, there's. It's actually, I believe, the fourth one. I'm, uh, um, it's where you take the, uh, you find the yeah. the girl, yeah, yeah, and you're like, oh, it's the girl, and she's kind she's of like, strapped me away. Out of here, yeah. yeah, help me out, and she's like, no, I, I don't want to go that way, and you take her into the light, and she turns into the boss, I'm like yeah. ah, the light's bright, ah, I'm a demon. Yeah, I co- totally didn't see that coming. Uh, yeah, well, yeah. they kind of <laughs> poke you with it, but it's cool, you yeah. know. Yeah, I I like that boss a lot. It was an, one of the more fun dungeons. Yeah, was the the fourth Dark World dungeon, um, and especially after the third one, where you have to actually leave the dungeon a bunch of times, and like go through the 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 skull forest or whatever. Yeah, and like after doing that, it was really refreshing to do just a straight up like combat oriented dungeon where you just like you're in huge rooms and there's a lot of enemies and you can just go around slash stuff. You just go around kicking their ass and you, there wasn't a whole lot of puzzle solving. Going on. See, I think the so. I think the biggest frustration for me, and the biggest reason why it was frustrating, is because you kind of pick your level of frustration with this game, right? There's there are ways to make it easier, but they don't tell you what they are. You can, you know, if you manage to get everything before you go to the dark world, like get a, a net and a bottle and an extra bottle, and like my frustration today was finally beating the the dungeon, the first dungeon in the dark world, and not having the flippers to finish the second dungeon in the dark world, and having to trudge all the way back through the fucking light world to get the, get you know, go to the Zorland and get the the flippers and go back, and um, surely that piece of the map sh- should have uh, piqued your interest, because, you know, <laughs> obviously there's something over there, yeah. uh, even though it's completely hidden. I mean, maybe I'll go Maybe maybe playing it a second time would be better because then I I'll I know I can walk into it knowing that I need to explore a lot. I had forgotten I about the flippers part as well, yeah. and I just went back and I didn't remember that you had to get it from there. And I was like, eh, I'll explore a little bit. Yeah. Part of it I hated exploring. If I didn't know exactly what I was supposed to do or like where I was going next, I was just really frustrated. But I can understand like why 
because originally when I suggested this game, I was like, I really don't like it. You know, I was like, I I didn't like it, and I couldn't really tell you why. But I when I first played it, I was just like, meh, this is uh, okay. Um, but <laughs> what? Christine is just over here, just like looking like a cartoon. The red level is going up her face, like she's just gonna I, tear something. Apart. I think we should let her talk. Yeah. I'm just trying to center myself before I I start talking about the game because I did not remember this game to be frustrating. I remembered it to be very fun and enjoyable and you know let's just go have some fun and then i started playing the game again and i almost wish we hadn't done it because i liked remembering it as a nice quiet little like you know walk through the woods type of game and it's not it is not you play through it and you first off it makes no sense nothing makes any sense no one tells you where to go nothing happens you start out in this house and then you go to this village that's like 10 feet from your house and they don't know who you are and they have to explain themselves like who they are to you. And you you just start out on this epic quest and it feels somewhat epic, but after I died eighteen thousand times in the same spot, it felt less epic. <laughs> and each time I would die I would just stop and take a moment to collect the pieces of my sanity which had been broken by this boss. And I'm speaking of the first dungeon in the, the first dark, dark world. world dungeon, yeah. Oh god. Uh the path to the boss like I would make it to the boss and I would have five hearts and then the boss would hit me once and two of those hearts would be gone. The thing would start beeping incessantly at me which would only Oh the beeping. Which would only make it worse. And yep. um the end result of it and don't look so smug Micatron. I'm, the end I'm result, just shrugging my shoulders. I don't know. I I don't think I've ever experienced this actually. Really? really? Yes. You never. never got frustrated by the incessant beeping when your life gets low. I just or don't get just, to that point. Oh, uh, that's oh, 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 so my life never gets low. Yeah, just don't get. Just fill your life back up. Well, the urge to shove you out of your chair right now. Fill your life back up when you're locked in a room with a boss that you have to beat. Yeah, yeah. I have plenty of jars filled with medicine or uh-huh. or fairies, right? Yeah, yeah. You don't go to a dungeon that no one ever a bunch tells of fairies. You, that no one and ever tells you how to and get. Some of the dungeons have fairies in them, so. Some do. Yes. Like some do. Not, yeah. not the first three have like fairy rooms. Yeah. And there's like three and of them floating around there. Some of the older ones have float. secret uh, fairy rooms as well. well yeah. yeah. Which, which again, it's a fairy room that only uh, you find only when you fall down a certain hole. And if you fall down any of the other holes, you lose more life and you hear the beepy noise faster. So yeah. it's completely, I can understand how it would be much more fun if you remembered everything like you do. But for someone who I barely remember, like I completely had forgotten that you had the power from the Master Sword when you have full life. Mm. And whenever I, you know, hit something with my sword and something, you know, some spirally thing came out, I was like, what is this thing? This is incredible. And then I realized I wasn't going to have that very often. Yeah. So just get over it. That's, that's, that, that is surprisingly frustrating. Like you get that thing and you're like, sweet. And then you get hit once and it goes away and you're like, you're, you're fucking kidding me. I have to keep my life at full just to have this awesome weapon. I I don't know. It don't get hit. That's the thing. Thanks, Mike. (laughs) I know. Just don't get hit. The, the game design is great. Don't get me wrong, it's good. Like the 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 mechanics of everything is, are awesome. The way that it's played, um, it looks. It, well, I'm not going to say it looks really good because it, it looked good for its time, but there's clearly much better stuff that's come out since then, um, uh, even in that generation. Uh, but the the sheer amount of content in it is shocking for a Super NES game, right? There is just there's. I would say, like, if you actually go through a, like a full completion, you could probably put you know, 
15 hours into that game, 20 hours into that game easily. Yeah, just because you don't know what the hell you're supposed to go. <laughs> right. It's like, I'm just going <laughs> to like hit every corner of this map again and hopefully like some sort of arbitrary... Oh, there's a wall uh, I can blow up. Oh, right, yeah. Son of a bitch. Yeah, I should have remembered that the last 30 times I passed by it, yeah. you know, and could have gotten a better item to go. To yeah. me, I never felt that almost ever, including the first completion. The only time I ever got to that point was in the ice dungeon. Mm. And it was, it was funny because I actually called the Nintendo Power Hotline where they had the game counselors still. and yeah. uh, For $2 a minute. No, it was free back then. Oh, was it? Yes, it was very free back then. It's, uh, locally. Oh. Since oh. I live local, I got to call it whatever the hell I wanted, which is great because, you know... I, yeah, yeah. This so is, they helped me through that one, but it always seemed to me that the way in to move forward in the game involves something that you had just gotten, mm-hmm. and that if you had observed beforehand, you're like, hmm, there was this area where there was this darker green block that I couldn't get by, and I know that in the light world something happens, and then as opposed to the dark world, and it always just seemed like. Yes, now that I can get to this area, there's going to be something there. That is if it was in an area that you passed by. I noticed that I know that when you when you're going up to the the tower to fight the wizard at the the last part of the light world the first time, um in order to get to him, you have to you go through a specific room in the in the tower and you go outside and then you get to a point where there is a cave that's blocked by a bunch of stones that you can only lift once you get the iron glove. Mm-hmm. But I never went out that door in my first run through. I never had any reason to go out that door and I didn't remember the door was there, right? That so I get the iron glove and then I'm running around that dungeon for an hour going, how the fuck do I get like and I and I flip out to the map and it's got the little skull thing at the top of the castle and I'm like, I'm at the cop- top of the castle. Where the fuck is this guy? And I couldn't find him. Yeah. And then I, of course I went online and I looked it up on GameFAQs and figured it out, which I have to say this game might be one of the few that I've ever played it that's more fun with a guide. Like it's uh, the ex because for me the exploration parts of it were random and rather frustrating. But if I had if I was told where to go, the gameplay itself is fine. Like I'm fine with just the actual act of doing things in the game is actually a lot of fun. Just it's just the like the actual getting places and figuring out what you have to do next and like christina said the runs up to bosses are always worse than the bosses the same things with the wizard as the first boss in the in the dark world where you die on the boss and then you get dumped back to the beginning of the dungeon and even though you don't have to go through the whole dungeon because you've unlocked all the doors and stuff you still have to go through you have to trudge through a lot of shit to get there and it you know it, it gets progressively harder and progressively harder and takes off more and more of your life and by the time you get to the boss you're kind of fucked because if if here's the key like me did not have a fairy did not have an extra bottle didn't even have the bug catching net at the point you know so that's where my frustration lies. Aside from that, the game was was awesome, right? And, yeah. And I enjoyed my playthrough. And I'm I'm going. This is one unlike Castlevania. I'm probably actually going to continue playing for a while and see if I can actually complete it. I, I might actually go back. I, even though I sort of sat there after beating the fifth dungeon today and was just like, oh god, I don't even know where to go next. And and uh, I was just like, oh man. Uh, now that I'm like out in the open world again, I was like, oh. You screw this. I'm, I don't even know where to go next. <laughs> and I actually liked the dungeons more than just the overworld stuff 
Yeah. The overworld stuff seems sort of just uh, freeform. Freeform, and I was like, well, where the hell am I actually supposed to? I could go f around in certain corners of the world, but I don't know if it'll actually get me anywhere. You know, it was just screwing around, and I didn't really like that. So yeah. um, I'd always just look up on the, the fact sandboxy like, stuff is just kind of blah. Right. Um, yeah. But I don't know. How we'll far see. did you get on this playthrough, Mike, Mike Tron? Uh, I, I stopped it. I haven't played it in a week, and I stopped at the seventh. Seventh dungeon. So the reason that I ask you that question is because, shockingly enough, we actually got a question on the forums Uh that I wanted to read, and you might be the only person that answer that could Uh, answer it. And the question, the question is, um, is the uh, is the Turtle Rock dungeon, the last standard dungeon in the Dark World, really as ridiculously hard as I remember it being? This question is from Ravix on the forums, by the Mm -hmm. way, Uh, and it said, "Did you guys have trouble with this in the playthrough? And how about the room where you're floating around on the platform trying to light all the torches with the uh, with the fire rod at the same time?" Oh yeah, that one. I recall that one. Um, the The dungeon is hard. You obviously you have to. I don't know. Does anybody remember that you can use the mirror to get back to the beginning of the dungeon? Yes. yes. They yeah. tell you that. I did use that. Sometimes that is very important. Uh, again, I always default to the Microtron pacifism style, especially in games that have respawned, that the sprint boots are... You can just skip through most of the... the you just brrr, plow through the guy. Like, that worked until I go. ran off of a cliff. Because yeah, was... don't run off the cliff. Oh, thanks. Um, again, you know, if you don't like the beeping noise, don't die. And <laughs> other etc. etc. Um, You're really motivational. Do you know that? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Your responses it's, are, uh, yeah. hey, sorry about that. Don't don't lose. <laughs> don't suck. Don't lose, yes. Uh, oh, yeah. I mean, I, I don't like the beeping noise, but I also like it at the same time it's like oh my god you're gonna die beep 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 Wait, motherfucker I you you're heard beep, the beepy noise. beep 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 oh no i don't know what you're talking about once <laughs> once upon a time yeah, uh <laughs> this the seventh dungeon is very hard until you get to the uh, uh treasure chest which has the mirror shield in it i believe i believe that is the dungeon with the mirror shield um and then sort of shit opens up and you can block those damn lasers and uh the the slippery platform with the torches is is fun. <laughs> it's fun. I, I think that's really? funny lately. They make that dungeon really difficult intentionally. Well, um, I think they make everything in the game really difficult intentionally, right? I mean... Yeah, I mean, I think there are tedious dungeons uh, in particular. It's... Um, I think it's the, the one where you have to go in and out of the dungeon frequently. Yeah, the Skull Forest one. Yeah. Um, the yeah. other one was the... Uh, what was it? It it was the one that you liked actually. What? The uh the one that's in the dark Kuriku village. Um, okay. Oh the 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 open one. Yeah yeah yeah. I really like that one a lot. Uh, just I don't like floor spikes and those fire things that the fire <laughs> chains that go around. They always oh, seem God, to catch yeah. you at the worst spot and. Yep. Uh, you know, like spikes in the walls and stuff, and it's just yeah. obnoxious. The the obnoxious dungeon for me was uh the. And it wasn't the dungeon; it was the boss, the last boss for the final pendant in the light world, the one where you're on a platform in the middle of the room, and yes. the oh, boss knocks you down a floor. Yeah, uh, the sumo wrestle. Yeah, and if um, <laughs> and just trying to chase that fucker's tail around that goddamn platform, <laughs> and then you get bumped off the platform, and twice, at least twice during one run through. Um, I had the holes in the lower floors placed just right so that I fell 
all the way to the very bottom of the dungeon. And, <laughs> oh, I never encountered that. Before. Oh God, yeah. Like if if you fall in the right place and you and the hole the other holes are set just right, you'll fall all the way to the bottom. And it that's just it's not that that boss was extraordinarily hard. It's just that if you get hit, likely you're getting knocked off the platform and then have to trudge all the way back up to the fucker. Yeah, um, he's he's a little tedious. I, I admit. I mean, some of the. I don't know. I'm I'm, I'm a huge masochist. Maybe that's why I'm. We've already determined this. that. Yes, yeah. we're all. If we 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 played video games at some point that are not new ones, and those games don't hold you by the hand. No, they no. definitely don't hold you by the hand. It's like you're low on life. Uh, we're gonna pound it into your head that you're low on life, and then that you're gonna die, and you're gonna go back to the beginning. You know. I think. I think the one thing which I've actually been listening to you guys talk about it, and it's it's made me feel a little more mellow to the game, which is nice. Uh, because I really was really frustrated. And I think the problem with it is that I went into it with the expectation that it would be calmer. Yeah, I so think we all did. F- for instance, with last week with Castlevania, in some ways I would say that uh, this is less frustrating than Castlevania. Or, uh, this I is feel more- like a huge asshole now, by the way. Everyone was like, <laughs> let's play a game that you know Microtron thinks is not... You shouldn't feel like an asshole. It's just a, it's, it's like, our let's own. play a really calm here, game this here, time. Here's a perfect example. Don't mean to interrupt you, but here's a perfect example of nostalgia overriding actual memory, right? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, I mean, for me, like Castlevania, I expected it to be difficult. So I didn't get as frustrated. But with this one, because I expected it to be easier, my frustration level jumped like four times faster than Castlevania. And mm. it's it's actually kind of a strange feeling. But overall, like Luke was saying, I think it's really fun. I think that the mechanics of the game are great. I think the gameplay is really, really good. Um, the dungeons are a lot of fun as well. But there were just small things. And they they were overall pretty small things. But taken together over and over again. Over you, and over again. That's the key. Chip, you chipping away at your sanity. Died. And, and it, again, like by the end, I, there were a couple times where I actually got so angry at this game, I threw the controller down. You didn't bite it like like I would have done? No, that thing was nasty, dude. Mm. I was... Um, I just... Th- biting? I did that as a kid. There are a few bite marks on my controllers. I, I just <laughs> threw it down on the ground Gross. out of just sheer frustration. And I turned it off and walked away. Rage quit? I, <laughs> Rage quit. Wow. I, I was just, it was something about it. And it was actually the last uh, boss to get the last pendant. Yeah. Um, after I'd fallen off the platform multiple times, I just tossed it down. But, you know, I came back. Mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. the important part is that I could definitely feel this one like you're talking about in moderation because I came back. Yeah, I was talking about that. Uh, was that the last podcast? Where yeah, it was Castlevania. Like, oh, okay. I'm going to put this down and, you know, cool off cool my jets for a little bit then come back and then you actually you know you do a lot better when you come back and you have I, was almost, I was almost i was playing it too. on a game boy and i almost hugged my game boy across the room like <laughs> the the end of the first dungeon uh in the dark world i was sitting on the couch and christina and i were watching olympics and and i was pounding on that fucker with the hammer over and over and over again and like 16 times in a row and I kept and she's played this through this game multiple times and she's she's good at it she knows a lot of it she can she can remember parts she kept being like do you want me to help you find some fairies and I'm like no <laughs> and it's just like do you want me to do you want me to you know I can I can run around I can get you a bottle I can get you some stuff so that it makes it easier I'm just like no <laughs> and I and like twice at least I know I had to re- rein it in and not throw my Game Boy across the room and there was a point where she's like she's like really 
I can just let me have it for a minute. I can take it. I can get you some fairies. I can get you the net. I can get you, you know, it'll make it a little easier. And I'm just, I, I turned to Rob and was like, just let me play. Just let me play. <laughs> and then I was like, I was like, because you were playing on a micro, right? I was right? playing it on a micro <laughs> and that so micro would have disintegrated <laughs> and then I would never be able to find. Speaking of, the micro, best Game Boy Advance iteration of all of them, by the way, after uh, upon uh, upon playing through this game. And there, uh, there are differences between the Game Boy version and the original that I didn't remember. For example, they add the voice from Ocarina of Time into the Game Boy version. So ah, when whenever yeah. you swing the sword, you go, yeah, you know, and that's not in the original. The menu system is a little different. They, they do some weird things. Like um, in the original, start brings up your item menu mm -hmm. and select pauses and they reversed that on the Game Boy which is interesting because that's uh, my wife was playing it a little bit and she I mentioned that to her this morning because we just we brought up both of them and compared them and she's like that's why I kept fucking up and bringing up the menu at the wrong time um, you know and they add, of course there's not enough face buttons so everything's uh, there's L and R do the, the other extraneous things like picking stuff up and reading up the map instead of the face buttons doing it but it was interesting going through the game and seeing that the actual like there's some graphical differences in some places there's uh, there's the, the sound effects are a little different hmm. um, but the gameplay overall is identical um, but it's just weird little changes enhancements that they put on that that cart as opposed to the original version so i was playing it on the uh the super nintendo and um yeah so i didn't notice anything but i haven't played the actual game boy advance version so mm -hmm. i didn't realize that there were differences because i've never seen yeah. that one i mean and again i, I don't want to sound like i'm the most negative person about this game because i actually did really enjoy it and you were talking about the graphics earlier and i think one of the things that really uh with the graphics is that it's charming it's not the prettiest game on the Super Nintendo. It's not the most advanced, but it's probably one of the most charming. Yeah. Graphically. Yeah, because the the characters, you know, they they manage to take the sprites that they make and make them recognizable and fun, you know, and and they do a lot with very little. Right. Um, which I, I thought was pretty impressive. And Link has pink hair. Yes. It's yeah. So weird. From a character design standpoint, I think. They're pretty good. Uh, did anybody get to the bomb cellar in the dark world? No. No. He's like this little green dude sitting oh, next yes. to the bombs. Yeah, oh. and he does the the. He's like a. I don't know. He's a snout. Yeah. Put it that oh, way. Oh, that's the. And he makes the noise. In Link's makes the noise that. Isn't that in the Link's Link's Dark World house? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. The, yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 The bomb cellar's in his house, mm -hmm. and we just. I you know I sat there for a few seconds watching or a few minutes watching him and giggling. <laughs> there you go. Look at the little guy. Oh, there he's breathing in. No, he's breathing out. Like he's making the <laughs> it's noise. It's too bad they've kind of abandoned that style too, because like, like they had that style for Link to the Past, and then a Link's Awakening was kind of the similar, right? Um, um. Yeah, Link's Awakening, which as we've all as I've discussed, is probably my favorite Zelda, and. Mm. uh it, it you know it, it is it's really charming. It, mm -hmm. it, there's not a lot there, especially since that one was built on the Game Boy, mm -hmm. the original Game Boy. So there there wasn't a lot to work with yeah. on it. Yeah, and then they had like ages and seasons, and uh, which kind of had the same look, sort of. A bit. They yeah. they were a little more, uh, especially because those came out of the Game Boy Color. Mm -hmm. So again, they had a little bit more to work with, but yeah. it was still restricted in the way that its console brethren weren't. Mm -hmm. And then they moved up to like. Minish Cap and like the newer ones, which have the like the cartoony link with the uh, Phantom Hourglass and whatnot. So I never played. Uh, I never got to play any of the Game Boy ones, like the normal Game Boy ones. I I, I didn't play or either of the Oracle games. I didn't play 
um, Link's Awakening, which you say is the best. And I also never played, I never even played Minish Cap. I would like to say one thing about Link's Awakening that I feel is very important after the discussion that we've had. Um, is that when you would beat the mini boss, which is how you would generally get the item for that dungeon. Mm-hmm. He would turn into uh, a warp to the front, to the start of the dungeon. Oh, God. That so would... as a result, you would walk into the dungeon after you'd beat the mini boss and he would warp you halfway in. And I did not know that that started with Link's Awakening when I started playing Link to the Past because I had forgotten that. And after about like the second dungeon, I was, I was just crying to go back <laughs> to my Game Boy. I was so I I think Link's Awakening again, and I, I can't tell you enough. And oddly enough, I've never beat Link's Awakening. But it's still your favorite. It is absolutely. I've beat some of the other ones, but that one is my favorite. Um, I could never get past the giant bird. Really? Yeah. That, game, yeah. that was do it. Dungeon Seven, I think. Yeah. I've I've gotten to that point like probably about six times, but for some reason something always comes up and I never actually finish it. So I definitely would love yeah. to do that one at some point. Yeah, we we can definitely delve into handheld games uh, and get into some of these series, but like I, I I mean I was already playing Link to the Past on the on the Game Boy, which was which was fun. Like and. I'm going to say for the second time in the podcast that the Game Boy Micro is spectacular. Like, <laughs> if you have a Game Boy, you should own that system. If you have any carts at all, everyone should own one of those because it's like clearly the most portable. I tried to play it on a, an Advance SP Bright um, that I borrowed from you, and um, it was difficult. Like, the, I I played it for probably five or six hours on a Micro, and then I went back to the SP. The SP's D-pad is kind of crap. Like the buttons aren't so bad and the shoulder buttons are definitely in a better place than on the micro. The micro they're hinged weird so that you have to push them kind of in an odd way. But like, man, the D pad was just terrible. Mostly because when I tried to change direction, especially in Link to the Past, I would end up walking one direction and facing a different direction because I was still technically like if I'm walking up and then I want to go to the right to attack a, a, an enemy and I would, um, I would, turn right but still technically be pressing up so I'd be facing up and sliding like strafing to the right and not actually attack the enemy that I was going after and it was a constant problem hmm. so I don't know whatever yeah. like, I, I, wanna, I think I'm going to go back and play the uh, virtual console version um, so that I can get the original experience you know play it without the stupid I, I hated that As, uh, like I think that was one of the things that turned me off of Ocarina Time of course, I you know, other than Navi, yeah. Oh yeah, that, that too, and the fact that it was 3D and you couldn't jump, and the fact that I didn't like 3D platformers and stuff. But still, my favorite one though is probably the most hated Zelda game in the series, which Wind is Zelda. No, Zelda Two. Oh, Jesus. I still I love Zelda Two. There's an experience <laughs> system. You there's an overworld map, and then it goes to 2D platforming, which I absolutely love. I so. can't play either was, of the NES ones. I was about to say that. Why is it everything that you guys hate? I love. Like I love <laughs> the little like yeah, yeah, you know, like the, the and I love Navi, even though she's like hey, 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 it's like a, hey, hey. I'm gonna tell you something. No, actually, I just wanted to get your attention. It's like a little, <laughs> brother. Like a just, little kid, you know. It just pokes you like, over and hey, over and over again. Hey, hey, hey. Okay, we get and it. After, <laughs> <laughs> exactly, you're already annoyed, and she does that for you the entire gameplay. You know, yeah. Somebody was somebody mentioned this, and, and honestly, I'm behind the times in this, but I had never really, really seen 
Um, the first time I played through A Link to the Past, I only played to right where you get to the first, the top of the pyramid in the dark world. Um, and then I stopped playing and then that's as far as I've ever gotten in the game. Um, I never really noticed until somebody mentioned it to me how truly similar uh, Link to the Past and Ocarina of Time are in just there in their progression. Um, mm-hmm. It's just instead of, you know, I've played all the way through Ocarina of Time like four times. That's that's one of my favorite Zelda games. I really like that one. But um, it's like, it's the same game, right? Instead of a light world and a dark world in Ocarina of Time, you've got the future and the past. But it's the same storyline and everything. Like the other games don't quite, aren't quite as blatant about their rehashing of stories as these two are. Right, Wind Waker and and the ones since then haven't been quite as you know obvious about it. But yeah, the newest one you get a freaking train. Yeah, <laughs> which yeah. is really fun. Really? I've, yeah, I've actually really been enjoying Spirit Tracks. Oh wow. Yeah, Christina, Christina, my wife, not Christina on the podcast. So that, that's a confusing point for everybody. Christina, my wife's name is Christina, so I'm going to try and call her my wife during the podcast instead of saying Christina because that's going to confuse the shit out of people. <laughs> but yeah, she she loved. Um, Fowerglass and uh, Spirit Tracks. Like she's she finished Fowerglass like in one one or two straight running. She sat Fowerglass. Yeah. Well, <laughs> that's how I mean. That's how I've I've always pronounced it. Because Phantom so. is just too yeah. long of a word yep. to say. Yeah. There's too many syllables in that. Fowerglass <laughs> is easier. So. Mm. Yeah. I mean, um, I didn't really like Phantom Hourglass that much because I really hated the same thing that everyone else hated, which was the dungeon that you constantly had to go down through yeah. every time and that about drove me insane yeah every single time you have to go to a new place you have to trudge through the same fucking dungeon to, and then get right. one step further yeah. right i mean you know i'm i'm not a huge fan of repetition in games and that one to me was just nothing but repetition but the overall game was still actually really good and uh spirit mm-hmm. tracks has kind of the same idea but they did it they, they actually listened shocking i know but they listened and you go to the same place uh, so at a tower this time and uh you can skip the floors that you've already done. Nice. Which is fantastic. They give you like an elevator or something? or It's a stairway. Oh, okay. So, so you can run up the sides of the stairway and you just pass the places you've already gone. Oh, so you cool. like unlock a door and then it's just yeah. like bypass. That's cool. That's cool. I, I think I'm frustrated as fuck with Link to the Past. My God, is it pissing me off. But oddly enough, I'm, it's one of the games. I'm going to stick with it. I'm going to play it. Like I I now I want to go play it. It's going to piss me off and I'm probably going to set it down for long periods of time, but hopefully I'm going to, you know, I'm going to trudge through it and see like I I didn't have as much nostalgia for it as a lot of people did because I didn't start playing it till it was on the GBA. Um I never played the original on the Super NES at all, but um I'm liking it. What about you guys? What do you think? Uh I'm kind of on the fence. I don't know if I will go back and play it, but uh if I do, I'll probably talk about it in the next podcast. Um but <laughs> I'm, my general feeling is that I still don't like it. It's still not my favorite at all by any means. Um, I wouldn't even put it in my top 20 favorite games. But I can still appreciate it for what it is. Um, I can understand why it was so popular um, and all the in- insane fandom that comes from it. Um, but it's it, it's not for me. Uh, I think my adventure game of choice is still Symphony of the Night. So, Megatron? I think we already know your opinion on it, but mm, it's hard. It's, it's hard to separate nostalgia from opinion at this point for me because it's so, so ingrained in my mind. It's like you know, just I just kind of walked through it, but I can never recall being in- incredibly frustrated by it. Um, it definitely stands the test of time in my mind. Uh, 
even even with all those like shortfallings of like oh i don't know where to go and this seems really cryptic and i felt like you know it was never completely uh you know just i never felt like i was just wandering around not knowing where to go at any point ever in playing this game so it's possible that i'm just insane well it's possible that i'm just very insane how about that or um, that you just pay closer attention because you like it you know yeah I, i'm trying to think of it if, if i just didn't know anything about zelda let's have this pretend world where nobody knows anything <laughs> about zelda and I, this game came out today would i be interested in it not sure um would i would i i i, I recall spending a lot of time on it uh, yeah. obviously but uh never yeah I, I i like it i like it a lot yeah so i guess you already knew that <laughs> For me, I mean, I didn't have a lot of nostalgia for this title, but, and clearly, as has already been demonstrated many times, I got really, really angry with it, but I, I don't think I'll actually keep playing it, um, not because it's not worthy of continuing playing, but because, if I'm going to be honest, I probably will move on to the next one and then keep playing the current games I'm playing at the time. Like Heavy Rain. Yes, oh, yeah. which is coming out very soon, <laughs> and I'm finishing up uh, Miles Edgeworth for Heavy DS. Heavy Rain. <laughs> <laughs> um... But it's it's good, and the one thing is because I do have such a strong pull of nostalgia for Link's Awakening, and Link to the Past has a lot of similarities because they were done, you know, fairly close together, is it was like going to see an old friend, a really frustrating friend, <laughs> who I wanted to hit in the face several times, but, I mean... <laughs> The music, the music is is the same in, in every Zelda game. Um, it's the same general theme done multiple times, and... The whole world itself is very similar. You have, like, the forest. You have, you know, just grass everywhere. and you can... Kakariko Village all the time, yeah. Right. It's So it is it is a lot like visiting a friend. Mm-hmm. And I, I really enjoyed it um, through the anger. And I, I would definitely recommend giving it a try unless you care about keeping that nostalgia intact. Um, <laughs> because before this podcast, I thought that, you know, I remembered it as that calm, fun really soothing game and now i have a completely different feeling towards it but you know it it's definitely worth playing a couple of games released on vc this last week uh or over the last two weeks since the last time we had a podcast they were princess tomato and salad kingdom and sonic and knuckles I've never even heard of Princess Tomato and Salad Kingdom. Yes. Yeah, you have. Absolutely. Of course. Of course. course. You've heard of every game that's ever been made. Yes, it is by Hudson. And it is very, it's a uh, uh, a lot of text in it. So if you guys like Deja Vu, Uninvited, Shadowgate. Deja Vu is good. uh, It's similar to that. Okay. um, Where it's basically a really small screen and then just text bordering it. And it's, it's great. Sir Cucumber. Princess Tomato. So it's kind you of sound like, like a, a text-based game. It's like an evolution of Zork, basically. Yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh. you'll have like talk, hit, which is fun to do. You know, hit vegetables. That doesn't sound interesting to me, no. even in the slightest. It is. It is very fun. <laughs> okay, but fair. That's okay. Is it worth my what? What'll it be? Eight bucks? I don't. I think uh, it's like five. Five bucks. Is it worth my five bucks? Like, or um, should I? If you like those types of games, okay. if you're if you're not already, worth my five bucks, if you're already then. predisposed to not like uh, slow-paced adventure games that are a lot of just a lot of text, really low on the action. Yeah. No. If you like boring games like I do, <laughs> absolutely worth your five dollars. 
And Sonic and Knuckles, well, it's Sonic and Knuckles. You know, yeah. It's Sonic and Knuckles. And um, you informed me this morning that they did include the uh, the emulation feature for, they emulated the pass-through. So if you own the other VC titles, if you own Sonic 1, Sonic 2, you can play them with Knuckles yep. mm-hmm. after owning this you, game. You can actually play through all of Sonic 3 and then without stopping go into Sonic and Knuckles because essentially Sonic and Knuckles is just a... Um, Continuation. Yeah, basically an expansion of Sonic 3. It uses the same um, engine and everything. So you can play through as Knuckles all the way through both games um, without stopping. Yeah, I never owned, when I had my Genesis, I never owned Sonic 3 because Sonic 3 or Sonic and Knuckles because I wasn't a Sonic fan. If like, you had the, the the freaking mothership with the... Which the, I did. with this, Yeah, and the 32X on the yeah. top. Um, and then if you plugged in Sonic and Knuckles and then another cartridge on top of that... <laughs> Your carpet would have melted because <laughs> it had to power both cartridges. And I remember plugging that in originally, and it would get so hot I couldn't actually do it. I have to power it off and wait a couple of minutes for it to cool off. You need, like, crucible tongs or something <laughs> to pull As out your game. You're like, yeah. you're like, yeah. let's go, Sonic and Knuckles. Yeah. Cool. And they, I remember they originally had, like, in the manual, they are like, you got to keep the cover closed, otherwise... It'll overheat and possibly melt your system. <laughs> so it's like, oh man, uh, <laughs> your room will fill with a fireball. Yeah, that's that occurs. It's a fire hazard, but really fun. Yeah. <laughs> wow, well, as fun. As I can't even imagine what that looks like. Like, yeah. Yeah, I, ne- I never once like I had the stack, but I never I never had those two, so I couldn't imagine like having those sticking out of the top of the thirty two X. Well, like then you that. can I mean, even get the bottom attachment. That's the, the cooler, cooler, the cooler yeah. on the bottom. So you have like this, you know, it's like the. The super big Mac of games, <laughs> you know, like, like, and then you, you know, put some special sauce on or something. Like that. <laughs> nice. The other one that I uh, wanted to bring up that releases on February 28th is the uh, Sega Genesis Ultimate Collection comes out on the iPhone. Um, and apparently this isn't actually a collection. It's an emulator. You download, it's like a legal emulator, basically. You download the emulator for free, and then you can access all of the Sega Genesis games that they release. You can get them through, directly through the emulator, so you don't need to wade through the app store to get them. Um I, I, I know I have my fairly polarized opinions about how this will work, but what do you guys think? Uh, I would never uh, go through that method. Yeah. Uh, like, it just sounds so like such a – like how much were the games? They're like $3 to $6 right That's now. That's such a Which is terrible. Rip off. I yeah, mean, no. which, which is funny too because like Genesis games on Virtual Console or Live Arcade are like $5. Yeah individually but on a phone like i don't know especially with like the touchscreen controls and stuff like that that's that's where i stand like i own an iphone and i couldn't even imagine playing like a sonic game or any any game that requires any sort of fine control with without the tactile feedback of an actual d-pad and buttons like uh if they're doing if they're doing a virtual thing which they likely will i don't know exactly what the details are but it's probably just a virtual d-pad and virtual buttons and i I can't even imagine how terrible that would be no i to me three to six dollars per game is just it's funny because while well, I'll buy carts and they will often run more than six dollars depending mm-hmm. on the cart, uh, which I would assume would be the same way. So for like Shining Force, six bucks if I found a cart that would be great. Oddly enough, uh, they, they listed some of the games that are going to be coming out first. Mm-hmm. Shining Force is one of them, and it's also the cheapest. It's at the two ninety nine level. Really, Sonic is Weird. a six dollar game. Really? But, yeah, no. I don't, I don't understand. Um, no. but I mean, to me, three to six dollars is is really tough, especially after they released the Sonic uh, Sonic's Ultimate Genesis Collection mm-hmm. for the uh, PS three and three sixty. Yeah, 
which you can usually find at stores for like 20 bucks now and 20 dollars gets you a bunch of arcade games it gets you it's like 50 games on there yeah it's tons and tons of games which is just a way better value yeah i guess this would work if all you wanted was one game but maybe even then i think you're limiting yourself to a single game you know you like as opposed to giving yourself the opportunity to find more games to like the concept of it works right Uh, but i would much rather have something like this if if i could have this on my psp go and have an actual controller for it and have the same thing where it's it's an emulator that I download and then I go through that to get the games instead of having to log onto the PlayStation Store or in this case the the App Store which I mean trying to wade through any getting anything in the App Store is impossible unless you know what you're going for cuz trying to wade through 15,000 apps is just fucking absurd um is it but, even a good system to game on if the game is designed well for it sure yeah, yeah for certain I think games you need i would to say specifically it is. design games for, for I'd imagine like, I'm all for having one device that's sort of for everything. Like yeah. I'd love to have, you know, my phone be able to take pictures as well as a good camera and be able to play games on it as well. And so I just don't have as much, you know, electronic chaff floating yeah. around me. Uh, but unfortunately, phones don't do the you know thing that a dedicated camera can do, and mm-hmm. it doesn't play video games like a dedicated video system can do. So. And uh, I'm already predisposed that I hate Apple. <laughs> yeah, um, I just hate all Apple. Products. I love my iPhone. I mean, I I, I was skeptical about it until yeah. I decided that I wanted to get one, and, I, and then I got it. And like like Micatron, you know, some games I have on there are really good. Uh, Peggle on the iPhone is the best version of Peggle, in my opinion. Like, <laughs> it's better than the Xbox version. It's better than the PS3 version. Like, I love that version of Peggle. You play um, it on PC? Yeah. And their PopCaps games are really well suited for the iPhone. Bejeweled, perfect. Like Mm -hmm. having, being able to like select and slide uh, on a Bejeweled screen with that, that's great. I have um, Bust-A-Move and that's awesome because it's like a, it's very similar to the DS version, the original DS version where instead of a, instead of just like a gun that shoots the bubble, you have like this rubber band mechanic where you grab the bubble and you pull it back with your thumb and then you, you rotate your thumb around to, to aim and then release to fire it works awesome. Like it's great. But for any game that requires a, a regular controller, like a platformer or something, I just can't imagine that being, it would be terrible. Like yeah. I can't imagine that working well. Like the best kind yeah. of games on, on phones nowadays, like smartphones are like tower defense or like puzzle games like that. Sure. Or like Diner Dash. Diner yeah. Dash works really well. Just on, point and click. Right. Christine has been addicted to my wife. Christina has been addicted <laughs> to Plants vs Zombies uh, for the last few weeks, and it just came out on the iPhone. She's been itching to get it. Do they have Puzzle um, Quest yet? On I don't think so. Don't they think really so. should because yeah, that would be awesome. Puzzle Quest might work okay. Yeah, um, as long as the movement, like on the world map, was okay, then I think the rest of it could work well if they re- design, if they designed it. But I don't think I don't, I don't think D three is going to spend the time to redesign the control scheme for the iPhone. So yeah, that would be smart though. PopCap in particular is pretty good at uh, doing stuff like that and redesigning it for for very specific things. It just came to my mind that uh, PopCap makes um, a game. So it's a game within a game. You can play Peggle while playing World of Warcraft, or you can play Bejeweled <laughs> Twist while playing World of Warcraft. Garbage. So if you're sitting in you know one of the world cities, you can 
get a mod that attaches a UI mod that attaches to World of Warcraft. You can play Peggle while playing World of Warcraft. It's like a game in a game. It's like some sort of altered reality. Please tell me that. Thank you, a, PopCap. You there's know, a, there's a there's got to be some sort World of meme. World of Warcraft. Yeah, <laughs> World of Warcraft. There's got to be some sort of meme with exhibit. Yo, dog, I heard you like games inside your games. <laughs> exactly. Game while you game. Yeah, so. yeah, yeah. yeah. World of, World of Warcraft. Yeah, I can't. Every time you you say World of Warcraft or WoW, my brain shuts off and I can't. I yeah. can't function anymore. I don't know. That's that's kind of where we all sit. Speaking of shutting off, why don't we end this? Yeah. Uh, but um, got a little bit of cleanup to do at the end as usual. Uh, you can follow us if you're listening to this. You can follow us on Twitter at After the Fact Pod. Uh, we've got a Facebook group, After the Fact Podcast. There's only like twenty or thirty members right now. We need more. Everybody, um, I know that most people that have the podcast right now probably got it off of iTunes, but if you got it off of iTunes, please go on iTunes and rate us. Otherwise, tell your friends to subscribe. Get a, you know, get us some more fandom. Um, the forum, we've got forums on our website where you can ask questions of the host. Uh, thanks to Ravix for sending in a question for this week's podcast. And uh, I'm going to answer that question. I have to go and play that dungeon through again. Yeah, <laughs> and and yeah, we you can talk to us directly on the forums as well. I know that all four of us are on there every so often posting and stuff. Um, so anytime anybody has any questions, we'll not only respond directly, but we'll probably read something on the podcast as well. Um, last but not least, you can get us on email uh, at afterthefact at geekerific.com. Um, I'm Luke, and the rest of our hosts are Pat, Mike, and Christina. You guys got anything left to say before we go? What are we doing next? What are we doing next? We are doing, I think we, did we make a decision on that? Was it Gauntlet? We can do Gauntlet. We can do Gauntlet. You want to do Sonic. Sonic, do we, we can do a Sonic at some point Sonic, as well. Gauntlet, flip a coin. What do you want to do? Ooh, oh, does anybody have a coin? I like the Sonic idea. Let's do Sonic. Because you don't like Sonic. <laughs> I don't like Sonic. I, I don't like Sonic either. Battle Sonic. time. I love, <laughs> I love Sonic. I think I think we'll spend two weeks doing Sonic, and then we can also spend that two weeks setting up for the Gauntlet podcast, um, because then we can play Gauntlet on Christine's arcade box. Yep. And then Gauntlet, that will be Gauntlet 2, though, right? Yep, it will Gauntlet, not be Gauntlet 2. Okay, and then we can we can figure out how to videotape it, because yeah. that will be fucking brilliant. Sonic <laughs> Or boring as all hell. One it of the two. could be boring. Yes. We'll see who can edit it because I like video editing, so maybe I'll cool. something yeah. cool together. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah Sonic One. I Sonic think is what One. We're do the okay. original Sonic. Sonic One or Sonic Two? Do you guys want to just do Sonic One? Sonic Let's Two is a lot longer, and that would still warrant more, uh, or like a, a full two weeks, because I could beat Sonic One in, in like an hour and a half. Well, I can't. So. <laughs> okay, I well, can't either. So all right, I've right. never just, really played it, so Ooh. we got to save material for the future, guys. Okay, Come okay. On. we got to have something. Sonic I One. So. Yeah, let's do Sonic One. Sonic One. Sweet. All right, well, uh, I already went through all the bullshit, so we're out. Bye. Bye. Bye.